All right, sweet, man. Hey, good evening, everybody. We are two days late, but guess what? We are two days late because family matters. Right. And uh, there's no racing this past week professionally. Well, that's not true. There was professional racing. Yeah. There was no Feld, AMA, Supercross, uh, SMX. There was a GNCC. There was some pro motos at the I4MX uh, series. But as far as what we normally cover, um, our amateur stuff, we're going to dive in very lightly. But since we didn't have any Supercross this week, Derek and I on Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast today, we're going to tell you who the hell are we? Yep. And how did we meet? How did we meet? How this came about? Yeah. And why we look forward to, I mean, I'll be quite honest, we had some big things happening this week, but it was kind of a bummer that we couldn't get together on Monday night and do it. Yeah, it was it was rough, but um, we did have a terrible week, and hopefully we'll get it all in tonight. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we don't have anything like this again, and we can move forward. But this is real life. Yeah. This yeah. is real life. Things this happen. Is, yeah. Yep. So, um, happy Easter week to everybody. Uh, we've been through Palm Sunday. To, uh, tomorrow is Monday, Thursday, Passover. For those that, that celebrate the, the Easter holidays and um, big celebration, if you've never been to a Seder service, um, I would highly suggest going to a Seder service. It's a, the Passover, the Passover style dinner from the Jewish perspective, the Christian perspective is is an amazing thing. Not that we are political either way. I've been to them, and it is amazing what these people, what they what what they went through during that time period. Yep. So. Um, what we're going to talk about this week is we're going to touch real lightly. Um, my nephew raced at the GNCC up in uh, South Carolina this weekend. Um, talk about ever-changing track conditions. Oh, my God. They, that, uh, that's inevitable. Oh, my goodness. So Friday, downpours, flooding, crazy weather. Um, I will also say if you have a chance to watch the GNCC, there are two guys now doing a race podcast the day of the races, and they're covering all of the racing. So like a live feed? Live feed. Pretty cool. Um, I would love – it's awesome. And that's what we were talking about this weekend is it's awesome. I want more. That's selfish. It's awesome. They're covering the amateur racing. They're covering they're – cover, I want more. I want people out three miles out to see how the battles are going and that kind of stuff to report back. But – they're covering the racing. So anybody that covers amateur racing, yeah. I think that's where we we step aside from everybody else. That nobody talks about amateur yeah. racing. It's always the pros. So they were covering how they were watching the flagger, the Ricky who covers the he does the checker flag and the ten seconds and all that stuff. He was standing in a puddle of water, but they were getting reports that the track in the open areas was drying out at the ten o'clock or eleven o'clock in the morning race. Mm-hmm. Where'd they race at this weekend? Uh, they were up in Union, South Carolina, I think. Uh-huh. Um, it's clayish, hard pack base. Mm-hmm. Um, the pro motorcycle guys on Sunday had hard pack tires on. Um, I actually asked my nephew, I'm like, do you guys change tires? The only thing they change on the quad side is they go to a different width or height, um, whereas motorcycle guys will have soft, intermediate, hard yeah. Some of them will go to a skinnier tire if it's super muddy and that kind of stuff. So the quads, they don't change a lot. But uh, my nephew ended up in the 4x4 B class finishing third uh, this weekend. Uh, after after 
my debacle with him in uh, Georgia, where he was leading and had a, had a problem, broke a uh, uh, oh shoot, like a arm, yeah, an yeah. tie rod, yeah, tie rod, tie rod, broke a tie rod and and ended up didn't finishing the last lap, four and a half miles from the finish. This weekend he finished third, so still in the points hunt. Um, but so we had GNCC this weekend, quad in and uh, bike. Um, I4MX had a race up at Spider. Spider, yeah. Yep. And uh, the Matt Bell that we always talk about of HBI Racing, um, they did a. It looked like they did like a, I think the scavenger hunt was at Mesa last last week, but they did a big church service up there. And uh, I saw a video on that. This has a lot of interaction yeah. with the kids. Yeah. And, um, they're always doing the cool stuff with, for the kids, and um, they're definitely somebody you want to follow. Matt Bell, uh, find him on Facebook. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. So. Um, I- so the, there wasn't, I mean, there was a lot going on. Actually, it's funny. There was a lot going on for a not a lot going on. Yeah, our we didn't race at all this week. We had a week off, and I thank God every day for it. <laughs> but we we still were involved in racing because we we sold a PW, we sold our our race PW, and bought a full blown um, Loretta's not quite a cycle works bike, but a uh, Loretta's prepped, I would say PW fifty. So it runs on VP MR12. So my whole garage smells like VP now. Nice. So we were still still involved. I mean, it's never it's a never ending cycle, yeah. you know. So yeah, our week off was still spent. Yeah. We went to the beach right before we picked up the bike. So okay. We went to the beach and then we we left the beach totally sunburnt, and then went and picked up our PW. So well, I'm glad you guys had a positive weekend. I still my mentor and race buddy is still angry with me because I didn't order my parts fast enough. But my, and for those that don't know me, I am not a mechanical guy. I have done stuff, maintenance on my bike before. And I did put my new chain, sprocket, sprocket bolts, and lock nut on this weekend. Um, thank you. And they're all torque specific. They're torqued Man, properly. Up well, I will say my daughter's boyfriend went and got me the hex head uh, attachments for my socket wrench so that we could torque properly from the front side because you just can't get to the so- you can't get to the back bolts on a bike mm-hmm. with a the torque wrench and we uh, he actually went and got me the hex head so I'd like to thank Harbor Freight for their ability to have tools that fit and uh, so everything is done bike is ready to go for the next race um, we're kind of in a lull on the enduro side. Uh, there is a national enduro coming up in May. Um, there was one in April, but we missed that one. So there is one coming up, but we've had some hair scramble stuff. Uh, my buddy went and did uh, the – there was an FTR race this weekend. Seen that. Uh, down in uh, Indian Town, big yeah. uh, Okeechobee area. Great piece of property. Um, if you're a hunter, this is a piece – they do – they do uh, nature tours, they do hunts, they do all this stuff, and they host uh, an FTR race. They've done it off and on for the past couple years. Beautiful piece of property. And the road to get in there is one of those roads. It's actually titled like a Florida canopy road. Mm-hmm. And absolutely gorgeous drive to get in. So FTR had a race this weekend. Um, lots of people going on. Speaking of FTR, Jesse Ansley racing, uh, GNCC. I saw Instagram, and I say FTR because Jack Chambers is one of our guys, and we mm-hmm. talk about him some. He he made a post. Did you see his post? 
I didn't. Like you, you know how we were over, yeah, yeah. over the weekend. He made a week, post. So. He's like, "Hey, I've gotten the call up. I want to thank Rides Unlimited and all the guys, but I'm I'm out." Wait, you're you're out? He's gotten some ride. He hasn't told us, but people are like, "Oh man, congratulations! That's great." So obviously, there's people that know. Yeah. But Jack Chambers has gotten. I don't know if it's Supercross. I don't know if he's taken over for Zach Osborne and XC2 because Zach's still hurt on Yamaha. I don't know. I haven't heard. But, dude, do what you can to get your name out there. Um, so, Jack, yeah, he's he's no longer – he will not be on the East Coast Supercross uh, the rest of this year. He's He's gotten – or maybe he is for a different team. I just don't know yet. I don't know. So we'll have some news next weekend. We'll have some news because I'm hoping it pops. I mean yeah. – Yeah, it's going to come up. Especially us being the local Florida boys. Yeah. He, he, Jack Chambers only lives 20 minutes from us, so we, uh, he's not far away. So. Oh, speaking of 20 minutes, today I was out uh, doing my real job in real estate, and I went by the James Stewart compound today. Mm-hmm. Every time I go by there, and if you're from this yeah, area, oh, yes, you just like, oh, I wish people were out riding. You're always waiting for someone to float over one of the doubles or yeah. something, and no one was out riding today. But, golly, Pete, man. You know how many times I've considered buying one of the houses right outside of the call town? <laughs> just so I can... Be there? I'll just I'll, I'll be that, that idiot standing at the gate, just drooling. You know? <laughs> like I said, you know, we've said from day one, we're not crazed fans, but if you see the Stewart compound with your own eyes, it's yeah. remarkable. I mean, this place is unbelievable. Well, there's been professionals that have said, dude, I'm not hitting those jumps. It's not. I mean, it is a gnarly track. Yeah, like, yeah. The, you'll see... If, Back in the day, Xbox had a game called MX versus ATV Alive, and a lot of a lot of people will remember this. So, my cousin and my best friend, we pre-ordered the game just so we could get the James Stewart compound on the game, and it's a full replica scale of the James Stewart compound. So we know the compound like the back of our heads, but those jumps are out of control. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's nothing like you see on on. Um, You'll see YouTube and all, all these guys with their compounds. They got nice supercross setups. Now there's two supercross setups up there, but their outdoor motocross track, these jumps are pushing every bit of most of them. I bet the smallest one's 100 feet. Well, did you see? I listened to a podcast one time, and Bubba was talking about when he was learning how to do the scrub. They said, like, I can't remember who was there, but they're like, dude, we thought he was going to hit the the building because yeah. where he was turning, like he was turning. And he was aiming towards one of the buildings, and that's where he was like, and they're like, yeah, we thought he was going to hit the building with what he was turning, but that's where those techniques, and that's also where Malcolm got his fishing prowess from, because they have ponds and stuff yeah. out there, and, and obviously Malcolm fishes in and just other big lakes. Florida but, in general, yeah. I mean, we are loaded with lakes. Yeah, so. but, uh, but no, I passed by it today, and it's awesome because... Uh, you'll if you if you really want to know like where is James? I think they were trying to find James Stewart. It was uh, 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 Steve Mathis and Adam Cianciarella did a huge thing on it. And at the front of their compound, at the entrance where you have your mailbox, they have a tire. The dirt bike tire. They I was just, just going to bring that up. Yeah. Okay. My wife's obsessed with John, uh, James Stewart, like we've talked about over and over again. And I keep telling her, listen, James has half a tire on his mailbox, so. Yeah. Why don't we replicate that? Yeah. No, ain't happening. Yeah, but it's <laughs> funny because you go by there and you're like, oh, this is... But if you're a motorcycle guy, you know as you're driving by, you're like, why are there stadium lights out here? 
Yeah. I mean, they have Musco lighting. They have. Like we we know where it is. Yeah. But if you're driving by it, what it what's what's nice for them is there's a there's a whole bunch of housing right in front, so they have a, you know a nice paved driveway going into it, and there's a whole lot of just kind of run down yeah. houses in the front of it, so you wouldn't even know it's there unless I mean you can see the faces of the jumps yeah. because these jumps are just massive, like we said, but it's a uh, the, the entrance is probably the best. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, the whole compound in general, and us being so close to it, and it's I, just, I love it. I tell you, the one I want to find, because I just want to go there, and I, you and I have spoken about this off podcast and off recording. My wife before. has messaged me, and she's home. She's home from running? Yes. Congratulations. She's safe and sound. Yes. By the way, we shoot these videos off my phone, so I could, my wife couldn't text me, and uh, she was out doing her running, and... She, I told her, just text Derek. So well, she said something about Trey's not home. You're safe to come. <laughs> <laughs> she must have forgot about the podcast tonight. <laughs> but, uh, but the one, the one Derek and I've been wanting to get to, and I've got to figure out. I, I know Jason Chambers pretty mm-hmm. well. I want to go hang out at Jack Chambers' place because. Yes, there's some really good riders that ride there, but I think you and I both have said we, talk we just about it all the time. We just want to go watch pros train. I don't. I, I just want to go watch what they do. Yeah. I've watched pros in tennis train. I've watched pros in car racing train. I just want to go watch how pro motocross guys train. Yeah. So, like I myself have rode with some of those pros, not the high level pros, but the what people consider, you know, the average person that rides or watches supercross considers the low level pros i've rode with a lot of those guys um but to sit back and watch so when you're riding you they'll say on supercross over and over again on the podcast or on the broadcast that when you're following a fast guy you can always pick up lines and you know you can see what they do and um that's true and i i think a lot of my speed came from that over the years riding with a lot of those guys but to sit and watch them is a whole nother yeah. it's a whole nother level and just just what you can pick up on from a, a riding standpoint yeah I, that's, I would love to visit the Chambers compound right. just minutes from us yeah I mean it's literally in Auburndale somewhere yeah. and I don't it's not one of those things where we're going to shoot video from or whatever I just want to go watch yeah I we'd mean, love to have Jack on here you know yeah. and just uh just to get him some recognition and just to yeah. talk about the actual life of Supercross. Yeah, what, what's that like? It. Yeah, because, I mean, I know for the first year, I, I know last year we were discussing, I, um, his his sister still races FTR. Yeah. And by the way, she's a really good A-level women's rider. Mm-hmm. Um, she's good. Like, I followed her because I couldn't pass her. Um, not She's really good. I'm an old man. She's really good. I tried to pass her. She was like, "No, we're not going to have that." So, like, she will also put you on the ground if you're if you're disrespectful to her. Yeah. Um, but mom and dad were both also good riders, so it's a family. As we've talked about, this is a family sport mm-hmm. for the Chambers family. This is a family sport. Dad was a is it? I don't know if he still is. Was so I'm guessing he could hop on a bike and still be a good rider. Mom was also a good rider. Mom also put me in. I, we were in racing in Bartow one time, and Mom came by me and checked me into the woods a little bit, and because I was in her way. Did you deserve it? Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I probably didn't get out of the way fast enough. And now, daughter, who we started on the same line or one line 
and and her and I ended up together at one point. I thought I was going to pass her, and she hit the throttle. And I don't hit the throttle. I kind of cruise through the throttle. She hit the throttle and decided that I was in the way, and I probably was. I'd never blame anybody, but I would love to. And the whole point of that is, is daughter. Actually, there was a time that Jack and her were traveling together. She was going to the races with him last year, and so she kind of got to live that. Okay, I'm your supervisor. Yeah, and and because you can't do it on your own at 17, 16, 18 years old. Uh, let's put it this way: I did that. You don't want to send your kid out into the world on their own. No, and, and especially in the Supercross world, if you listen to the '90s podcast or what they did in the 90s and early 2000s. And, I mean, for God's sakes, Chad Reed won a championship hungover, you know. So, I mean, we, you don't want to send your kid out in that world on their own. So I would just love to talk with the family and see how that dynamic works. Um, that being said, I'd also like to get Jesse Ansley on. His, this kid's a good rider. Yeah. Uh, he's actually really good. He's struggling in the GNCC. He does okay. I threw out the other day... To, I think Michelle, maybe, some, maybe someone else. I'm like, why don't you go try Supercross, Motocross? Go try Motocross. See, because you obviously have this span, like Enduro-wise, these sections, you are awesome. This three-hour GNCC, you kind of struggle a bit. Yeah. Motocross is 35 minutes. GPs, like... Well, that's how I was when you, when you yeah. talked me into riding that FTR race. I mean, you get sections where... I can jump, and then, you know, I'm soaring, and I was riding with all the A guys, and then I get into the, the 10 mile mark, and it's like, (sighs) yeah, you know, and then by the, the whole lap, the 14 mile lap, and you're just whooped, because the mentality of the Supercross is ride, you know, it's, it's balls out until, until the end, but FTR, I, I've never wrapped my head around the you got to pace yourself here and pace yourself there. We do that in motocross. We do that in supercross style, arena cross. There's sections where you can take it easy, but it's still it's still a much faster pace. And um, though I was very good at FTR there for the lap that I rode, <laughs> I did practice that day. So I mean, I rode that too, and I, you know, I was way out ahead of everybody, but. I can't keep up with those guys. I mean, it's a whole nother. Here's the deal. You did a practice lap, and you did one race lap, and you did more miles than you would do in a motocross weekend. Yeah, and then some. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then some. Yeah, and that's the difference. That That is that is the fun we have with the disciplines is I, I have no qualms. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you do flat yeah. track. I don't care if you do speedway. I don't care, and I don't think Derek cares. We appreciate all of it because each of it is hard. And its own element. Yeah, it's all its own thing. Yeah, you're gonna be proud of me because I looked at my bike today. I'm smelling that BP, and I'm like, and I was, I looked at all these FTR pictures from over the weekend. I'm like, I think I might ride one of those this year. Oh, if you do, I want to come. And you might be riding it too. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up in the air. If I can get these ribs figured out, if they quit breaking on me, then I think I might. Is there any more in Bartow this year? I'm sure there'll be one more. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think I think there's gonna be there's gonna be one extra one. Uh, I think one of the clubs is gonna put one on. Uh, if I don't work it, I'll ride it. Yeah, but if there's uh, another local one yeah. somewhere in this area. Then okay. You can be my pit crew. Maybe I'll go. Yeah. Maybe I'll go run it. So the whole point of this thing is we're two days late because we had some family stuff, and that just happens. And we were very fortunate that there was family stuff happening with a non-race weekend, professionally wise, for us to break down. 
by the way, we're going to Arizona this weekend. Great track, great soil. You know, I, I, we've all seen the map of the track. It's it, it, it's a tied series. Really, can we get any better? Yeah. But the whole point of this week is since we were off, there was racing that happened, and we've touched on that. We've touched on our goofiness. Um, this is the week that Derek and I wanted to say, who the hell is Derek and who the hell is Trey, and why are we doing this? And honestly, we don't know why we're doing it, but we enjoy it. I mean, there's there's one, there's only one explanation why we're doing it because we we live and breathe this. Yeah, stuff. I mean, we absolutely love it. And because of the family stuff, I apologize that we have we have no setup this week, so where it's pure pure raw this week. Hey, I think yeah. it's awesome because we've had uh, we had the first one where it was just the camera, our raw audio. Yep. Then we had the second one where we had the setup, we but we still with don't no, have our studio with yeah. no with no uh, pee popper stoppers. And then we had the pee popper stoppers with the setup outside. And this week we had the pee popper stoppers with no setup because, and that's the thing is we're always going to be raw. There may be an f bomb. There may be stuff that you don't like. There may be stuff that offends you. And I, I've come up with a new thing. I have this phrase that, um, do you remember? You're young, so I don't know if you do. You remember Smokey the Bear? If you don't remember Smokey okay. the Bear, I mean... Okay, but on. Smokey right, the Bear, only you can prevent forest fires. Wildfires. Only you can prevent wildfires. But I use that if people are like, oh man, I'm, I'm a little overweight. There's a bee behind you. That's okay. Okay. I say yeah. that I say that to people like, hey, you're a lot... Only you can make yourself better. You can... Yeah. So I say like... And I'll tell Michelle, hey, only you can prevent forest fires. And she looks at me, she's like, I hate you. Well, I came up with a new one today. I said something the other day on Facebook, and I figured it was going to offend some people. And I came up with, my mom used to tell me, if you like the outfit, wear it. If it offends you, there may be a reason. So that's my new thing is, so I have two now. I have Smokey the Bear, only you can prevent forest fires. And if you like the outfit, wear it I, I think I think if that happens to you on this podcast don't don't give up we're gonna say stuff we're probably gonna stay I mean right now my best moto buddy my guy who travels with me my guy who helps me, won't answer my text messages so obviously I've done something to piss him off we are very straightforward people yeah very straightforward. And, I, and our wives yell at us all the time. And it and it and it frustrates me that, that this guy that I respect, like this guy I respect, can do anything mechanically. I did something that made him angry. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I, I hope he I hope we get get past it because I rely on him. He's also kinda like you're my race buddy. He's my he's my race buddy, like when we actually go to races. Yeah. And it's like Dude, I don't have that many. Cl- I have my wife, I have you, and I have him. And it's like, did I do something wrong? Like, what did I do wrong? Can we fix it? So, that's my my apology tour to my mechanic and mentor. I, I hope that we can move past that. So, like, and maybe I said something. Maybe I said, maybe I said something. It happens. It happens. I say stuff to Michelle all the time. Luckily, she still lets me live indoors. So for now, <laughs> I've heard the threats. So we're 24 minutes in. We've talked about a lot of nonsense, a lot of stuff. 
a lot of good stuff. I say nonsense. I'm not taking anything away. FTR, GNCC, uh, National Enduro, Stewart Compound, local pro stuff. Still motocross. Um, I'm guessing with Easter this weekend, there's going to be no Dade City race this weekend. No, but we are talking about practice at Spider this weekend. Okay. All right. There might still be. There still be some riding. There's always riding, but um, yeah. Other than that, for me. I've got a big I've got a big date on Friday with my tractor guy to work on my bush hog. There you go. So I'm either going to be riding Saturday or bush hogging Saturday, one of the two at the private compound. Yeah. The sand field. Yeah. And I will tell you this the weed field at this point. If you ever come to my house, if you ever figure out where it is and you come to it, if you can ride there, you can ride anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the toughest, nastiest Gnarliest. It, it it sucks. It sucks. The first time I ever rode there, I think I launched myself fifty feet. Caught what I, I think I, well, I caught a big root or something, yeah. and laid my bike in a bush, and I was out through the field. Yeah, but if you can ride there, you can pretty much ride anywhere. So, yeah. um, if I if I'm not out bush hogging this weekend, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride some just because I want to break the bike back in on stuff. By the way, that sound you heard was the neighbor taking their trash out because tomorrow's trash day. So, um, like I said, we're raw. But we're going to talk about the, the most important thing this week is who the hell is Derek Schaefer and who the hell is Trey Heath and why are we sitting here? I'm wearing my best Easter outfit, by the way. I have my socks, not all that wander are lost because I'm. that's how I feel. I, I, I have kind of lived a life of the highway and uh, I have my plaid shorts on for Easter 100% who I'm not sponsored by but if you guys would like to sponsor me I love your goggles and love your sunglasses and uh, Derek who the hell are you? I'm just a guy <laughs> where, so, where, Where'd you come from? Originally I'm from Brookville, Pennsylvania Where the hell's um, that? It's about an hour and a half north of Pittsburgh Okay. Everybody knows Pittsburgh Yep, yep. Small town, 3,000 people I think there was 100 and in my graduating class. It's pretty I, small. I was ranked like number 105. <laughs> Congratulations, so, you've made yes, it. Yes, here I am. Uh, they only passed me because they wanted me the hell out of there. Sound like Gary Vaynerchuk. My my <laughs> my second week of my senior year, I had the entire Brookville police force at the school for me. I was not an easy kid. Okay. And uh, I'm very well getting my punishment back right now with the three that I got. Well, you do have three boys. Yeah, yeah. Of, I, of varying degrees of boy. Like, they they're are... They're all different. Yeah. Yeah. So, congratulations. You have earned your stripes. Yeah, and it's it's taken a toll on me every day. So, how, but, did, um, how did you get into dirt bikes? So, I was about two years old, and I think that's why I've started all my kids at two. I don't know. It just sticks with you. My dad brought me... I, I mean, I vaguely remember this. I We might get into this, all, all my injuries, but um, I took... I actually ended up cracking my skull at one point in my life but i uh so that's 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 the problem okay okay keep going my dad bought me an old uh what the heck are them called like the lt50 quads oh yeah the old orange ones so you started on a quad too i started on a quad okay i'm not i don't want to admit it well swap motors don't hold it against me swap motors started on a three-wheeler so and and ricky carmichael started on a three-wheeler i did i started on a quad okay and um not for very long I knew where I belonged. Were but, you drinking uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon at that time? I might have been. I okay. hope I was. Okay. I 
mean, I wouldn't drink it nowadays. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing against your PBR, or I do have everything against you. But anyway, um, they're really good ice cold. I don't know. <laughs> I can't drink them anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's true. He's a uh, gluten intolerant. Just FYI, so any of our fans out there that have a gluten intolerant beer, we would love to try them. I don't know. I found the probably the prime of all of them. So okay, I buy it by the double case every. All right. It doesn't matter how often. Anyway, um, yeah. It so depends on the week. Huh? It depends on the week. This week is double case. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's it's been a week. Um, yeah, we were in and out of the hospital this week, so anybody that's wondering with my our youngest son, it's never anything good. But um yeah, I started on quad. Um it wasn't long I think I was probably five when I switched to bikes. Um I I told my dad years, you know, you ever start riding, I told my dad I rem- I beg I vaguely remember like I don't I don't, I want a dirt bike. So, um, I never thought it would happen, and one day he brings me home an old YZ, well, he brought the old Honda, what is it, uh, their, their mini bike, the big fat tire oh, mini yeah, bike, yeah, yeah, yeah. trail boss, or, yeah, 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 I don't remember, track and trail, or, I think it's yeah. a track and trail, I can't remember, but, um, he brought me home one of those, one day, and I rode it, and I loved it, you know, I dropped my, I remember dropping my leg, you know, the first turn I hit, and I'm, so it's, right there it was meant to be. The next, the very next night, he brought me home like an old '80s. I think it was like an '80s YZ60. Total, total step up. But I, we got that thing running. I jumped on it the same night, and the rest is history, so they say. But um, from there on out, I don't, it wasn't much longer. I, I, he bought me a brand new like XR80. I actually started racing the XR80. That's that's what I started on. So you were like an off-road guy already. And on a motocross track, yeah, yeah. so um, and I we quickly I think my dad quickly learned that um, it took a long time for my parents to allow the racing. I was about eight when I started racing, and they still weren't real keen on it. Um, after we started, my mom was head over heels for it. But um, my dad, even if you're watching this, which I don't think he will, but um, he wasn't real big into. I wanted to do so um, he bought me an RM85 brand new and I started riding for a local dealership when I was pretty young um, it's called uh, God I can't Speed and Sport that was the name of the uh, dealership that we, we is it still is from. it still alive still today? alive in Punxsutawney really? Pennsylvania Punxsutawney Punxsutawney Phil really yep so they're still going yep shout so, out shout out we had Punxsutawney Phil yeah and yeah. um that's right in the area where I'm from, so any people that are from Florida and not uh, my Pennsylvania people, uh, Punxsutawney Phil is right outside of where, where I was born. Can we can we pause yeah. for a second? Just pause for a second. Anything you want to talk about. What the hell is up with those people wearing the long coats and the top hats? Why has that become a thing? And the Punxsutawney, like, why, what is that? I'm going to tell you a little insight on... Us people and anybody from my neck of the woods that... Um, Help us out. Nobody gives a shit about that groundhog up there. You know, it's kind of like Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. It's actually the smallest holiday there is. But... Nobody cares. Okay. So that whole crowd that you see over this stupid shadow and uh, some groundhog... We have groundhog hunts up there. Okay. They're, they 
that there's a lot of like local fire departments and um, clubs and stuff that host groundhog hunts and you know you win money and all that. That's what we do with groundhogs up there. They're okay. a nuisance. So I can never I can say that I have never been to the the Gobbler's Knob groundhog festivities in my life and I never plan to go. And anybody that wants to sit out there and see a rodent in the freezing cold is out of their mind. So why they do that? Okay. So it's it's more of a tradition type thing. It's, it's more of a people are sometimes special. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Each is their own. Continue on. Slight slight break, but I mean we're talking about stuff that we see on TV and yeah. And, and I'm like these guys are in long coats and top hats, so it must be important. But thank you for updating us. Yeah, it's not important, but that, um, continue on. You from, you were sponsored by a shop that happened to wear top hats and long coats. Yeah. Much. So we, uh, my racing career from there is kind of hazy. We, it was on and off for a while. Um, I started breaking bones. I mean, my whole career, and I, we we will get into this. You know, I've I've been very close to Loretta's, I've, but it's it's always a, it's a sad story for me because it's there's something has always taken me out of it. Um, I may have had that shot when I was younger. But uh, I've just there, it, there was always some injury that that prevented me from going anywhere. So um, the a lot of the local tracks, you know, um, the track on my '85 when I first started racing, I, I think my first year racing, I won third in the points series. You know, out of all the '85s around, um, what were the home tracks? Because like some of the guys that I we follow, like we we've, we've heard of some of the big tracks, like. Did you race in English Town, High Point, those like those so Pennsylvania, Mount Morris, Steel City MX, which is no longer there, but yep. yeah, but we know, but we've raced it. Yeah, um, they used to have Pymatuming MX, Iron Valley MX, which is no longer there. That's where I won point series at um, Challenger MX. It's not there anymore, I don't believe. It was in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh, Maple Shade MX in Sugar Grove, um, High Point. Um, trying to, I'm trying to think of all of them. There was yeah. used to be Fox Raceway and Marionville, PA. Because um, they did the Kawasaki, the race of champions or something in Kawasaki up in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, uh, man, I can't even remember where. Uh, English Town was that an English Town? Yeah, and then that's like Eastern. Okay, so that's a little further. Yeah, we're Western, PA. Okay, for sure. Um, so you were closer to West Virginia. Mount Morris, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're about two hours from um, the Ohio border. Okay. So, and we we did run a lot in Ohio. I know now they have like Route 62 MX. We used to ride uh, a Switchback MX, which is still operational. They're pretty big now. They have like an arena cross. Okay. I did a lot of riding there in my late teens. Uh, We'll get into that. Um, Nemix MX was right across Ohio. That was one of the first like arena cross style. And it was... It was awesome. I mean, we, it for us as kids. When once I got my driver's license, that's where my my whole world opened up. Yeah. Because like I said, my my dad kind of took me out of it, um, but we still rode. We used to have a place called Camp Kevin. Um, it was a it was a, a practice track, a local practice track. They used to have a huge Fourth of July party, and we we would get a lot of pros like uh, Ben Ritter. A lot of the big national guys would come out there. Um, that's where I rode with a lot of pros at uh, Camp Kevin. And uh, my cousin and I were still in 85s. We 
we knew we had something. My cousin Brady Schaefer, I don't, I don't know if he's going to watch us or not. I was actually talking to him today. But uh, we used to ride 85s with the 250s. And then um, everybody knew the talent that we had. and But we just we weren't racing. I mean, we'd, we'd race here and there. And um, As I grew older, you know, Camp Kevin shut down. Now it's like a big – they they, have, they hold a farm jam there. It's where a whole bunch of bands come in. And yeah. he leveled the track out. And as you know – as you, I mean, you probably don't know, but the insurance costs on tracks are, just, it's you know, it's unbelievable. Um, we've talked about how I want to build a track. I, I, I want to own a track. That's my dream is to own a motocross track. You know, a whole compound, indoor, outdoor. Um, someday it'll happen. But um, yeah. So my cousin and I used to ride from my house. We would ride the main roads and we'd go ride that track till dark, and then we'd ride home in the dark ever you know just about every night and um i had a little track in my yard our our state our state and township trucks that would uh, like grade the roads like all of our dirt roads they would dump the dirt at our house and we you know we had a john deere tractor and uh, we always build jumps and um that's actually where i end up taking my digger and smashing my skull and but um from there on out um as i got older you know i broke many many bones um there was a time in my life I went back to quads because I I broke my wrist. It's I broke it four times. My right wrist. It's crooked. It's not. It's too hard to show on the camera. Um, but I broke my wrist four times, and the reason I went back to quads is I couldn't. I didn't listen to doctors, and I couldn't pull the throttle on my bike anymore. So I cut out my cast enough that I bought a 400EX totally race setup, Olin shocks, the whole nine yards. I found out that I could use a thumb throttle. So that's why I went back to quads for a while until my arm healed and it never really healed right. So I stayed on quads for a little bit and then um, and then I got back to bikes. So about 17, when I could drive again, that's, you know, that's when the whole world opened back up. I jumped back on bikes. I quit for a little while. You know, I just, it's an expensive sport. I moved out. I moved out of my house at 17. I was still a senior in high school. So I moved out. I got an apartment at 17. Lied, said I was 18. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time, and which she was 18 and old enough to get the apartment. Doesn't matter. That's probably a touchy subject. But um, I, I got the apartment, and I'm like, I'm going to buy a dirt bike. You know, I had some graduation money coming up, and I'm like, I'm going to buy a dirt bike again. I'm going to start raising because I, it's in your blood. You you miss it. Yeah. yeah. I, I still I watched. I followed Supercross my whole life. Followed all the outdoors. We, we a buddy of mine. We used to go to when I wasn't when the pros were there. The nationals. We would go to all the high point races, the, the Steel City races. But I, I bought another bike. Bought I think it was like a, an 08 KX 250F. Always been on Cowies for some reason when it comes to big bikes. And um, HBO would appreciate that. They just made their move to Cali, yeah. and I, I messaged uh, I messaged Matt Bell, and I'm like, "You're not, you're never going to regret that decision." Even though I'm sitting over here thinking about going to Honda, since they got rid of the Unicam system. So I ended up buying that bike, and I sold it, and I bought a Honda to to get into this, and I bought an 06 Mint CRF 250, and I'm like, "I'm going to start racing again." Um, I started racing a series at. Uh, Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. Maple Shade MX. Um, I started racing that series. I got big into the Switchback. 
And so I decided... So Loretta's has always been a dream for me because I could never... Like I said, I could never make it because of injuries. Um, maybe we can get into my injuries at some point. But I I raced that series. You know, I think I got the first year, I got like third in the point series again. Um, and when I started riding the indoor series at Switchback MX, I uh, realized that I still had the speed. I, I started riding with a bunch of the pros, you know, the local pros. And I, I could go out there and hang with them. So I got tied in with uh, Best Kawasaki in Big Run, Pennsylvania. It's a dealership. Um, I bought a brand new... It's in 2012? 2012, I bought a brand new KX250F and uh, decided I was going to go... I was going for Loretta's that that year. So I started again. I started uh, back on my workout routine. Um, And from Pennsylvania, our off-season is the winter. So... I would do three mile runs in sub-zero temperatures and I did that to build my lungs so I I would purposely go out when it was that cold to freeze my lungs and I'm going to tell you right now it it worked because I could pull 30, 40, 50 minute motos in practice and never be out of breath you know I I eliminated arm pump which they say is impossible I I had it all going so um I raced Steel City that that year, uh, 2012 or 2013, I raced Steel City MX um, for their big, the Thor Spring Series, so, you know, a lot of pros, you know, we, um, I raced that series, I ended up landing on a kid in Moto 1, and I I hit him so hard I snapped my chain. Um, I I lined up with 43 bikes per moto. It was the biggest race I've ever attended in my life. Um, I ended up, I ended up with a DNF in Moto One and still finished 16th overall. So I, right, that that was my factor where I was pretty hesitant when I landed on that kid Moto Two, but I still went out and rode. Um, but that was my that was my breaking point that I'm like, you're still fast. So. Um, I think I still had a lot of doubts in myself at that point, but but I knew the speed was there, so I worked and worked and worked. Um, I I rode the Switchback series. I I trained. So Switchback MX from my house was about two hours away, hour and a half, two hours, and I would ride there every night. So I would go and ride there indoor during the winter almost every night, if unless something happened or too tired from work. I would haul my race trailer to work with me and then go practice and then get home at midnight and do it all over again. You know, do my workout before I went to bed. Um, it was a never-ending battle. And um, we were there. We were going to go to Tomahawk um, mm-hmm. and race the Loretta Qualifier. And I was ready. We had Pleasure Valley MX2. I, I missed that the qualifying race there. And I'm like, we're going to go to Tomahawk. And I was pretty certain I could qualify at that point. Um I was in a good spot. My butt, the bike was right. The bike was the most comfortable bike I've ever been on, and everything jived. I mean, everything was. Uh, I felt like a, you know, I felt like a Barca at that point. You know, everything just clicked. So this PAMX State Championship race. Um, you know, fast forwarding that same year, I went out and we were. I was in the. I pulled the whole shot, and the, the guy come up. 
second place guy. He got into first, and we were at Maple Shade uh, again for that uh, that that race series, and it was a state championship race. But we, uh, I vaguely remember, we come around like the so there's a huge turn after out of the hole shot, and then so turn two dipped down into a big, kind of like a big a big table. It's like a double, but a table in a way, like a dipped in table. And um, ruts were really bad that day. It was, it was like a mutter, but the sun was out, so we had a mutter the night before. And um, we both kind of pulled a whip the opposite way, coming off of that table. But when I whipped, I was cross rutted with my front tire, and the bike almost 180. And I I tried to bring it back, and I, I just panic revved to living hell, and I couldn't get it back enough, and I landed sideways, but when I landed from there it's all a blur but I landed on my neck and I compressed my spine all five four or five vertebrae I'm not a spine guy by any means but I I smashed them all together with a neck brace on smashed them all together and shattered my collarbone for the third time um I tried to get back up get my bike up and then I realized you know you're you're done and my neck was like tingling so um the ambulance, all that came up because I laid right back down on the ground, and much of it is most of it's a blur. But I looked back up, and uh, you know, all the ambulance there. I'm like, my collarbone shattered, and they're like, "How do you know that?" I'm like, "Look at the sport we're in. You know, I've I've done this many times, and I my my mom come running down, my wife now, you know, it was one of her first races with me, and this is the the horror that I put her through, but um." I knew what was wrong, and I told them, you know, collarbone-wise, and, you know, they were pretty pissy about it. I was kind of, like, overthrowing what they were saying. So I rode off on, like, a mule back up to the pits, um, left my bike there. They they handled all that, and I, I get back up there, and we loaded myself into my mom's car, I believe, and we went to Warren General Hospital in Warren, PA. Um... I lost feeling in my legs on the way there. So, what's that? What's that sensation like? Because so, I it, mean, you it had... went from moving to nothing. So you, it, I, it almost felt like I'm just like sitting on a cloud. I, I don't know if anybody else, you know, paraplegics, anybody that has actually been through it. I don't know what it actually feels like to get paralyzed. I mean, I was paralyzed for like two, three days, and um, but like I said, it's. I was just sitting there, so it's not like you, like, just like this, you know, broken collarbone, holding holding my collarbone, and it's like, you look down, and for some reason, I, I look down, and I'm like, the, I don't feel anything. Scariest moment of my life, and mm-hmm. I, I looked over at my mom, I'm like, and my wife's behind me, wife, well, girlfriend at the time, wife now, I'm like, I can't feel my legs, and I, I think she almost, I don't know if she was crying or not, and I... I was in so much pain, it didn't matter. I was crying because I was in pain. My my collarbone was just flapping. You know? yeah. I broke it many times, but I've never broke it that. And um, I looked at her, I'm like, I, I lost feel, I can't feel my legs. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, there's nothing there. Like, I, I can't move them. I tried. I, I bent my, I bent my hips. And I could turn at the waist, but that was it. So... Did you try to wiggle your toes and stuff? To yeah, say, I, I tried to do everything. nothing. Would nothing. Oh. Tried to bend at the knees. I Oof. tried to. I yeah. tried to lift my legs. I, I tried to like 
sit up one armed and I couldn't even do that. So as soon as we got there um, to the hospital, my mom, I think it was my mom or my wife now, told them that, you know, he said he can't feel his legs. Well, they extricated me through the back of the car. We had, they had to call an ambulance in. We're at the hospital, I mean, mind-blowing, and they wouldn't pull me out of there. They called an ambulance in to pull me out of the car. So they took me out through the back seats, and they laid me down flat, took me out through the back seats, and um, got me in there. Um, from there, I was on a backboard for eight hours. Um, I could feel my neck at that point, and it was just miserable. And a lot of it, because that ball on the back of your neck was laying on the backboard. And that's where a lot of the pain was anyway. And um, they transferred me to Erie, PA, um, Dr. Hammett Hospital. And um, that's tough to all the neurosurgeons and all that stuff. And they said, you know, his spine was smashed together. Um, I still I still suffer repercussions from it. Uh, it gets numb all the time, tingles. Um, still while riding, I have a lot of issues with the neck. But I... Uh, I ended up having surgery the next day on the collarbone. They put it all back together. Plate, like 10 screws, I think. And then, um, it's like day two. Felt my toes. Felt my feet. Then it just, it all came back from there. Thank God, you know, God's great, I guess, in that aspect. And um, So I have to stop you because for the average human, I understand in the different sports I've done, but the average human says, "Like, okay, cool, I got it. I, I escaped. Excuse my French. The fuck would you get back on a bike? I didn't. Ten years. Ten, ten years. Ten years. But why now? So, fast forward. Yeah, I all that healed. Um, I was in a neck brace for three months. What were you thinking? What? What? So, I'm only asking because I remember when I did my shoulder." As a tennis player, I played video games for like nine months. So I lived, I lived by myself at that point. Um, it wasn't a week. I had moved back in with my mom. Couldn't do anything. So um, can't wipe your own ass. I mean, you can't do anything. Yeah, my shoulder was my right shoulder. I'm left. I broke both arms at one time. Oh. See, so, my my wife told me. She's like I said, like, we I didn't won't. get into the injuries. Yeah, I'll I'll help you, but I ain't helping you. Yeah. And luckily she's like, you're ambidextrous, so you're on your own. Yeah. And that's how I became ambidextrous was when I broke my wrist, I was young, you know, over and over and over again. And through school, I was only left-handed for months and months at a time. <laughs> yeah. And they pretty much got to the point, you know, they're, they're sympathetic at first. And then they're like, yeah, you're doing this on your own. Yeah. So I became left-handed. Now, I mean, I can still write left-handed, but it's it's gone away. Yeah. because I can brush my teeth left-handed. I shave. Yeah. I can do all that. I can yeah. wi- I, I wipe. I'm still actually. I eat mostly left hand. I'm, I'm left handed. Yeah. But I'm right handed. But like, well, after not having my so when I shattered my collarbone, it was my left side. So I and I broke my this collarbone three times. So yeah. it has went back and forth my whole life. You know, I've, I've broken both collarbones. I've, I've broken my wrists. I've so, broken my. So with that trauma, though, so we're diving in here. We're not going in deep into the injuries, but you have this trauma. This sport that you love has. Potentially taking away your ability to walk, earn money, do that kind of stuff, but you're healing. Move on with life. You're married. You start having kids. Why are you? Why? What draws you back? It's not like it, the, coke. Is it crack cocaine? I mean, what what is it? 
I talked to Randy that owns Dade City MX just two weeks ago, last week, whenever we're two weeks ago, and he's like, oh, "I tell you what, let's let's back up just a little bit." Okay. Right after that injury, I needed an outlet, so I'm like, "I'm done with bikes." Um, told myself I was done with bikes. I started flying airplanes. Uh, I thought that was another safe option. Yeah, I thought that would give me that whatever that is you know it's, it's an adrenaline rush but it's it is it's like an addiction i don't i don't know i mean only people that do it know it and all the people that are watching this are more than likely you know i would say 85 percent of our audience but would, how, would be riders but we have friends that we, you have your neighbor he raced he but, he, race but he doesn't anymore he doesn't how, how did so, he stop and for me it's 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 hard i I, I've asked myself this. I, I have over and over again. So I flew airplanes for a while. It's a very expensive hobby. I have a friend who went to Loretta's. You know, I, from Pennsylvania, Zach Sparks. I hope you watch this. He went to Loretta's. He quit and did the same thing. He started flying airplanes right after I did. And um, he still rode here and there, you know, like I did. I still owned bikes here and there. You know, I, I still rode. But it wasn't, you know, it was like very, very seldom. You know, once a month or something like that, which is seldom for what we do. Yeah. And um, I, I have a, a, a huge passion for flying. You know, I, and I, I always have... My, my ultimate dream as a kid was to be a fighter jet pilot. So have you, have you talked to the guys at DMXS because one of those guys is a pilot, Barsh is a pilot? I know they are, yeah. And it's... It, for, for me, you know, girlfriend at the time, wife now, it got to a point I couldn't afford it. Um, but... When I was flying, it was about 200 bucks an hour. And um, I moved back in with my mom because of the injuries. And I I was working like a $14 an hour job. It's, it's hard to juggle a $200 an hour flight yeah. plan while you're, um, you know, living with that kind of income. But I, uh, I, I, I fulfilled myself that way. I never finished my license. I'm only a few hours off just because of life happened and you know her and I bought a house and um to get out of my for me to get out of my mom's house after the injuries were all healed up but I you know I flew for a while but it's still it wasn't the same I still love flying I still go to sun and fun you know I, st- I still watch my wife gets totally pissed off at me all the time because and my kids are the same way now we look up every time an airplane goes by and I can tell you what that airplane is and the helicopters and doesn't matter, you know. We're, we're not a, uh, an aviation podcast, but um, I quit doing that not by choice. I wanted to finish my license, but just money got in the way, and she ended up getting pregnant. So um, fast forward to why is I don't know. There is something inside of me that for those ten years that I took the time off. It's not quite ten years. Twenty thirteen is when I wrecked. August of twenty thirteen. And when I said I was done, and I started riding again at 22, so um, there's no explanation of why, I guess. But for that 10 years, I knew I was I struggled mentally. Like I knew something was not that not something was not right with me. Something I just I was you know running living paycheck to paycheck. You know we had kid, we had you know we had another kid, and then um, she was pregnant again on the third time before we moved here. I was working for the railroad at one point. I had a really, really good job, but I just never felt fulfilled. And um, 
once we moved here, and we'll get into that because that's how we met and all that long before we moved here. And um, I, I, deep down, I always knew, like, my wife going through that trauma that she went through mentally with seeing how I was and possibly losing my legs and, well, not losing my legs, but losing feeling my legs and being paralyzed. And she actually bought me a bike at one time for Easter. And I kept it for a while, and we're like, you know, we need the money. Let's just sell it. And because um, I, mentally, I, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can't get hurt. I mean, I was the income. She, she was, she was in school most of our relationship. She's a speech speech therapist now. I, you know, 100 percent proud of her for everything that she's accomplished. And we went through hell getting her there. But um, where we're at now is a whole another ball game. But she bought me a bike, and I think mentally. I was still, well, what happens if you do get paralyzed, or what happens if you can't work, because you got a kid now. So, I, um, I, I, I just knew something was missing, and we'll, we'll kind of backtrack once we get into how we met, but, uh, we moved to Florida, um, she graduated school, I still had, we come down here, and a friend of mine flew down, and we went to Dade City and watched, uh, like, one of the pro opens down there, up there, and, um, obviously, I'm still into, full-blown into motocross, and I, uh... Still a fan. Yeah, no matter what. I mean, it's, it, we, I lived and breathed it my whole life, so that's all I knew, and, um, so I, as a fan, you know, I started, down here, the heart of motocross, I started going to some of the tracks, and instant, it wasn't instant, but it almost felt instant that that's what's missing like being in this atmosphere again it's not it's not just the riding it's the the atmosphere alone and we've talked about this over and over and over again that the motocross atmosphere is like a it just felt like home not like Pennsylvania home like I in my heart felt home you know so I uh, told her I'm like I'm gonna buy a bike and she She's like, go ahead. And I, I never thought I'd hear those words. And I think for the longest time, I didn't want to put her through that again. So I I think that's why I steered away. I so much didn't take care of my body at all, you know, when I was young. And right, racing, you don't, it's hard to take care of your body. I mean, you can be physically fit, but when you're breaking bones all the time, it's not good for you. So uh, I ended up buying a bike again. And, um, here we are, and I, I still haven't, I'm still not full-blown into it. You know, we, we bought my seven-year-old now, going to be eight this month, uh, a bike when he was two, and he never, I mean, he's, he's always rode, he's never, you know, he's not like, he's not hardcore into it. Our five-year-old said that, you know, riding wasn't his thing, and we ended up buying the Stasic bikes, and he was a, mon- he's a monster on those things. Yeah, his smile is ridiculous. It is. And and I'm like, what if... I didn't even tell him. I'm like, I, I told my wife, I'm like, let's get him a PW50. Let's just see how he does. So we put, we had a CRF50, and they're a lot heavier than the PW, and you got to shift. And I had train. I built training wheels for my oldest, and so I put my youngest, on, or my middle son, on the CRF with the training wheels, and we have a tennis court at our house. It's not used for tennis by any means. But um, yeah, I don't understand why. I mean, I bought the property and it was here, <laughs> so now it's like our playground. But um, I put my middle son 
on the CRF 50 with the training wheels, and he ended up rolling. I took the the uh, throttle screw out because he was he was showing good improvement on the bike. He was you know he was doing good on the training wheels, and I took the throttle screw out because he wanted to go faster. I'm like you know proud dad moment. You, you don't think about it, I guess. I don't know. And he ended up hauling ass across that tennis court and just cutting it like he was on a dirt bike without training wheels, and he barrel rolled. Broke his elbow. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the second elbow he broke. He's broke four bones already. But, um... Well, he's set to go then. Yeah, he's he's ready. But, um... I, we took him off of that. And, you know, we we took a step back for a while. My oldest rode it here and there. And fast forward, we got the Stasix. And he was, you know, killing it on those things. And um, that's why I told her we're going to buy a PW50. And that smile was the first thing he got when he twisted the throttle on that bike for the first time yeah. with, with no training wheels. You know, scared to death, and he just all smiles. So it has evolved from there, really, and um, it's turned back into a lifestyle for us. And I I think I am slowly growing out of it, and we talked about this on the last podcast because I went out and rode, you know, MX school, and I told myself that you don't need to race. And I did, and I was perfectly fine. Now, I, I was upset with our bike issues, and but I can't... I'm at the point in life I don't think I could ever stop riding again because it's still it's part of me, and I know it's something that was missing. But um, I do it for the kids because now I do it for the kids. So why did I start again? I don't know. But now my kids literally look at me, and they look at Mom, and they're like, well, when's Dad going to ride? We want to watch Daddy ride. And I still have the speed. I just don't have the, you know. I'm, oh, now I'm, I'm in the vet riders now. So yeah, but don't you think like, hey, I can go ride, and and that's that's the, I've talked to your neighbor, um, another one of my friends that was really good. He uh, his family talked him out. He he hurt himself at a at a hair scramble one time, and I know where he crashed, and it was nasty. Yeah, it was bad, but the guy was good. And I'm like, dude, just go ride. Like, go ride. And you and I have talked about it. And if you can get to yourself, like, you went and did the class. And And you can go practice. for seat time. Yes. But but as long as there's not a – and I'm the first person to tell you, I don't care if you and I were playing flag football in your backyard. As soon as you say, we're keeping score – yeah, then it's. I'm gonna try it to. Is. I'm gonna try to win, but as long as you can go out and ride, we can go to crewman ride. You can do classes. You can do. You go do these fun ride days, and you ride with your kids. That's different, and you can show them like, hey, this is fun. You can teach them about the dangers of, but you don't have to show them the dangers of. Correct, and you, you know, I like. Slowly, I'm getting there. and I, I've been preaching. I've been trying. I do think, for me, the missing element was Loretta's. It's one of those things that I've always... And it, it still it bothers me emotionally that I've never been there. Okay, got a question. Let's stop yeah, right there. No, go ahead. Let's stop. Loretta's, you got to do an, a regional, an area, and then a regional. Yeah. So, really, you have to do two races. You can go practice all you want. Yeah. All you have to do is finish most of the time in Florida. You got to finish top eight. Yeah. You got to finish top eight in an area, 
you got to finish top eight in a regional, and you're in. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. Excuse my French. Does it fucking matter where you finish if you get there? No. To Loretta's? No, okay. and that's, that's the thing for me. So, like, it's... So can you finish? Because that's also the class of, like, okay, what class is going to be the easiest for me to qualify into? Yeah. That experience. If you're willing to drop 15 grand for a week just to do it just to do it and it's that's what's missing i mean i know it is but, but that's if you can do that and you're not worried about the i got to get on the podium it's the week of being there it's just the being there and then i think we can accomplish that but you're going to have to process this is fun i'm yeah, not trying to I win know, I know. and but, that's that is the because I, I'm, I'm all for. I'm, I'm game. I'm in it. I'm your, I'm your management. I'm your logistics. I am, I am your heart and soul. But I also, there's no need to go screw yourself up for one week of something that just doesn't matter. Yeah. But now, as I watch my middle son progress, it's almost like if he can get to that point at some point in his life. It doesn't matter if I'm there. But are you living through him, or is it, hey, I'm still getting I to see, go? Yeah, but I, I'm i not living through him anymore. Like, when I started my oldest, I'm like, I think with that mentality that I had at that point in life, that it's your first kid, and you're like, I'm, I still mentally want to do that, so we're buying him a bike, you know, he's going to ride, and at, now that we have three, and at first, I... You know, I tried to progress our kids too quickly, and they broke bones, and um, that's on me. Not all of it, but, you know. But um, now that I'm watching him progress on his own, I've stopped pushing at all. You know, at all. Yeah. I asked them if they want to race, and the answer is always yes. You know, with my young, my middle son. The answer is always yes. But um, as I watch him progress, it's like I'm still... I think I get more more fulfillment now watching him do good like the, a few weeks ago when he went down to Dade City he went down and still finished fourth yeah. or whatever you know that made me happier than me being out there and so know, is it is it and I only ask this because I come from that coaching world is it for him or is it for you it's, at this point it's for him because you see that smile okay and you've seen the videos and him getting his first his first interview there and yeah I, yeah, his smile is ridiculous. I'm telling you. It, like, and when he's on that bike, he's smiling all yeah, the time. You, and, you get a camera shot of him going through the track, and it's like, and that's what I think. That's what changed. He's like me. he's cheesing at a prom picture. Yeah, because he's. I see me in him, so it, it's not about me anymore. Okay. So, well, that's good. That we're, that is step two of and, and my process. And it's always you. been like that with me. Is it's not a it's it's not about me as much as I want to do that I don't think I you'll be happy to hear that I don't think I need to do that because I do think we have kids that might have a promising future and even if they don't I talked to the guy that we bought our PW off of and he's a and I have a Dade City racer and his kid's pretty good and even if they don't want that chance we're going to give them the opportunity to have that chance that we didn't have yeah. so I financially, and with the injuries and all that, Loretta's was not probably something that wasn't 
even if I, I probably, I could have made it without the injuries, I think. You know, looking back, I think I could have made it, but could I financially have actually went? I doubt it. Yeah. You know? Well, there's plenty of people that qualify that never go. Because you can't. Yeah. And, um, you know, I... It's a $10,000 week. I could go out and ride with all the people that have qualified and smoke them, you know? And that's when I, you know, that's when I knew I could make it, but I just, I thought to myself that I don't have any rich family. I don't have anybody that actually supports this the way that I want the support, or the support that I need to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some sponsors and all that, but they're not going to fork out ten grand, you know, for you to go to Loretta's. Yeah, because um, you're talking... It's local sponsors that want to advertise. Yeah. And you either got to have an RV, or you got to have motels for literally six days. Yeah, and we didn't have any of that. Yeah. You know, we had a race trailer. A, it's like six by twelve enclosed race trailer. Yeah. So, at this point in my life, you know, we have our toy hauler. We got how many bikes? We got a new truck, you know. Our kids are going to have the opportunity to make that happen if they want to. If they don't want to, huh. I'll still be fulfilled because I know how much they love racing. Could, could you be fulfilled? And I'm only asking this as a selfish question. Could you be fulfilled if you and I found that kid that wanted to go... And you and I got to go hang out there for a week to help a couple of kids. It's very possible. I mean... Yeah, I'm just curious because... I've never been in that situation to know. Like, I've helped many kids learn to ride. I've helped kids improve their skills. I've, and you've, you've talked to me while I'm coaching. But, um, yes and no. I, coaching my own... I mean, coaching my own kids is hard because they don't listen to you anyway. Yeah. So... Yeah, your kids don't listen, don't worry. No, they don't. I've got a 20-year-old. They don't listen. No. So... They love you, but they don't listen. I, and we took Oakley, my oldest, to the to Spider, and I, you know, I tried to work on turns with him. I took his bike from him, and I'm like, "This is how you need to hit the turn." I took the bike and I did it. And he, I'm not doing it that way. So you just can't. I don't know. It's hard, but you know, with kids that might that would actually you know, listen to your guidance and leadership, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I I think it it would help. For sure, but yeah, it's... Uh... But it, And I will tell you, I came from... We're going to get into my story the next off weekend. But uh, I truly believe it is tough for someone who has done. I did. And then I got into coaching. Yeah. And I would come home repetitively. And I wouldn't have a smile on my face. And we would have had a big win or a tough loss or something. And Michelle would ask, like, What's up? I'm like, it wasn't me. I'm I'm so proud of them. Yeah. Or I feel bad for them. Or, but I wasn't doing. Yes, I was coaching, but I wasn't competing. And, and I, I think I still have that that competitive mentality in me. And that's a tough transition. Yeah, and I, I don't know. That's a question that I don't know unless I did it because. Yeah. I can't answer that. I mean, I know how I am with my kids, but they're my kids. It's a whole different yeah. relationship versus... And I'm very fortunate. My kid did gymnastics and horses. And guess what? You know you know what Trey doesn't know? I don't know. Yeah. Good job you stayed on or good job you completed yeah. the flip. I, I, I don't know anything about those like two said, things. It's, so. it's one of those things that I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. And I maybe someday I'll get an answer to that. Yeah. And... Um, but I think it's not worth it's not worth harping it's not worth harping on or stressing about. And I mean, I I coached college tennis for years. That was my life. And 
even though it wasn't, I didn't get the satisfaction that I wanted. Yeah. I got satisfaction of other things out of it, and and maybe for the coaching side, maybe it's not your kids. God forbid, it's not your kids that give you the joy. You give them the opportunities, but maybe it's something else in that realm of being around the sporting environment yeah. that gives you that joy. And I've I've come a lot more. I've got a lot more ease with you know us racing. Not me. I've raced um, recently, but the joy of being at the races with our kids yeah. is a whole different aspect that I've never experienced I guess because we're just now getting into the amateur stuff really hard with our five year old racing I mean our oldest is seven so they're still very very young for the sport and um, I think all this is coming from now that I'm watching them race and being still being there all the time but watching them race I think it's You've, you've heard more out of my mouth now about not riding than you've probably yeah. ever heard. So, I Oh, think, I, I've been digging on you for yeah. over a year about and I, that. And I've been totally bullheaded about yeah. how it's going to be. And now that, you know, we got the toy hauler and, you know, we had the motorhome before, but now that we have the toy hauler, we're actually in it. Like, we're in the racing. It's Things are changing. And I think that that Loretta's mentality is going to go away for me. Now, for my kids, it's going to be a different story because... Um, but how do you tell that story to them? Because, like, for you, it goes away. For them, you don't know. But how do how do you show them that this is the opportunity without pushing it on them? Because... It's, it's, and it's too hard for... At their age, they don't understand any of it. Yeah. So I think at some point, you know, as they're starting to get older, that they'll see that eventually. I don't know. Um, but that the opportunity is always going to be there. So um, if they tell me that I want to be a professional motocross rider, you know, if that ever comes out of their mouth, then they'll, they'll have that opportunity. I don't care what it takes. Um, because I know that that opportunity was taken from me, so I'm not going to pull that away from them because they, they have somebody that can teach them. They have the assets to make it available. I'm not saying that you know we're rich by any means. It's a very expensive sport, but I will. What I'm saying, I will make it happen. You know, whatever that takes. You know, yeah. whatever that that aspect is to get them to that point, um, we'll do it. So, I think that will full on give me the. They already give me the satisfaction just watching them ride. So, and let's 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 fast forward. You have the ability to help them pursue. Do you have the ability to also look them in the eye and say, "Hey, maybe this isn't for you"? No, you've seen me tell, tell my oldest that. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he wants, to, if this is what he wants to do, then I, I've looked at him straight in the eye and be like, "You got to work harder, and you've got to ride that track, even if you don't want to. If it's a tough track, you got to ride it." That's just. And I said, if not, then we're going to sell those bikes and we're going to get you something that you want to ride because the sport isn't your thing. And yeah. you know, but he's still adamant that he wants to race dirt bikes. So his bikes are still sitting there. He still has the opportunity. His bikes go with us, even if they don't come out of the trailer. Well, they come out, but they sit under the canopy the whole time. So technically, that you know that 
that opportunity is still there. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a man of my word, and if, if if he decides he wants to race or if he doesn't want to race, I don't care. I told him, like, I don't care if you want to race. And if you just want to go and watch your brother race, that's fine. But um, they're here. and But we're not going to keep the setup that you have if this isn't something you want to do. I don't yeah. care. But he's still on the edge, so I'm not going to take that opportunity from him. So, I, yeah, I, I can easily look him in the eye and say, it's you know, it's not your thing, and, you know, yeah. let's find something else. Because I'm, I'm already doing that with him. So, yeah, I I think, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds and how it comes from here. But And I, I only say that because I didn't, I didn't do it with my own daughter because she went from one thing that she loved to the second thing she loved. But I did it with athletes that I coached that they had a dream of one thing, they had a dream of another and I had to have that conversation of which one do you really love Yeah. and let's pursue this and sitting in an office sitting in an office with someone that you're supposed to be like yeah I want you on my team and then telling him you know actually you should chase B instead of yeah. A and so I only say that because I didn't ha- I didn't get the opportunity to have those conversations with my daughter because of the lifestyle she chose. So I had to have those with athletes that I mentored. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just curious as a dad, like, this is your passion. Yeah, of course you want them to do what you want them to do. Yeah. But I think the, I think the hardest thing that we're going to face, haven't, we haven't faced it yet, I mean, slowly, but is we got one that is head over heels yeah. for riding. And we got... One that we don't know yet. We think, I mean, we all think, you included, think <laughs> that he's going to be the rider. Um, and maybe health issues might come part of that now. Ah, but I highly fun. doubt it. Yeah. But um, then we got one that doesn't know what he wants to do. So the, the, if one decides that he wants to pursue baseball, yeah. you know, professionally, but we got one that wants to pursue riding his whole life, you know, that might become a conflict. I don't, yeah. you know. But so, but they're kids. They, we don't know what they want to do. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, Brianna, she we we I, she played golf, she played tennis, yeah. and ironically, not because she's my daughter, she was actually really good at golf and tennis. Um, but she loved gymnastics and horses, and well, she's twenty now, and horses yeah. rule the world, yeah. and she works in them, so. Even though that's the world I was in, and racing, like to this day, my twenty-year-old daughter will call me and talk to me about what's going on in the racing world, and I saw this hauler, and I saw these things going on, and what's happening here, and yeah. <coughs> excuse me, and so she loves racing, but her life is this, yeah. so that's why I ask of as a dad who has three kids who are so young, in kind of that, I mean, we see Lake, and he's the baby, and you see him, he's like, he's Dude, if he could get on right now, he'd get on right now. Yeah, and he's 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 gun shy because of the the power. Yeah, and uh, I haven't figured out how to break that yet. But um, they're all gung ho about watching Supercross yeah. with me, and so it's it's all up in the air, and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of questions that I can't answer, and how I'm going to handle it, or um, when the time comes, I guess we'll. 
we'll cross that bridge and we'll go from there. But we've done a, a lot of talking about me. That's fine. We're we're good tonight. I want I want to finish with this. I want to finish with racing is something that you and I both love. Yeah. And it's not just motocross. It's 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 supercross. It's motorcycles. It's it's the like you said. It's the environment. Mm-hmm. It's the there is no guaranteed trophy there is no it's it's you versus that obstacle yeah what has racing taught you that you carry on to today i think it's the drive um in, in racing you're it's not a team sport i've never been a team person you know i own my business that i operate by myself I'm not a people person, even though we sit here and talk and talk to people. And um, but the drive of racing, just you know, the the drive to better yourself, the drive to. I think racing alone itself has. When I was at that standpoint, or that, at that point in my life, where I, you know, I wanted to go to Loretta's and I wanted to push and push and push, and um, then my kids come along and. I think the the drive that I want to do that, so I, you know, I, I push towards it, and I moved down here after I met you and Michelle, and um, I guess we'll get into that at a different night yeah. too. But um, then I started this business mainly because of you guys, and um, but it's a it's that that drive and that it's a, that that constant pushing, I guess, has always just been there, and though it's competitive, it's it's not I don't know it, it I try to keep the competitiveness out of the everyday life but you still have the the mentality of push harder or well you achieve this what can you achieve now or it's like getting fifth place when you know you can do first but um, and I, I almost look at the whole life the whole business the whole everything is I'm not in first so can I can I take my fifth place and make it a first place? And I, you know, yeah. that's that's the mentality, the the riding, and, um, and just being a decent human. Um, racing teaches you that. I mean, and that's part of the the overall motocross mentality and the the, the atmosphere is this the being a most most uh, and we've said over and over again most of the motocross community is a very tight niche. You know, everybody will help anybody, and um, I think my business is a lot of that. And uh, I think that's just the one mentality I've always stuck with me is, you know, if, you, if you're just a decent human, then the good, the good things will keep coming. We we face the the major hurdles all the time, but um, it's just just like racing. You know, you're gonna come to a hurdle, and you gotta overcome it somehow. So I think that's the one thing that'll stick with me the most, and probably not going anywhere. Well, guys, I'm going to finish with a little bit of a monologue. I'm going to, first of all, thank our sponsors, uh, DBS. want to thank them. Uh, if you need fabrication or handyman services, reach out to DBS. And also, I'm going to thank Michelle and Trey Real Estate. Yes, I am Trey. But my wife is the bomb when it comes to real estate, uh, any real estate services, uh, commercial, residential, rental. Um, but I'm going to finish with a quick monologue. So tonight, the kind of we were going to talk about how Derek and I met what racing means for each of us and who we are but as we got into it it, it, 
this is this is where the flexibility comes in. We're gonna talk about me the next off weekend because I think it was awesome to hear about someone's passion about a sport that has meant so much, taken so much, and given so much back. And and I know it's weird to say that something can take away something and also give in the same in the same vein, but and you still you know you still keep doing it and, and you love it. Yeah, and you and love it. The passion has never, yeah. never left. So we're gonna we're gonna halt tonight on. Actually, probably the title of this episode is going to be is "Who the hell are you, Derek?" or "Derek, who the hell Derek. are you?" or something of that nature. But it's going to be episode four was about learning who Derek was and why we're doing this. There's a passion for the racing. There's a passion for the sport. There's a passion for the push. Because you don't get injured and come back to something unless you really love it. I don't care what sport. Go go follow hockey. Go follow football. Go follow, I don't care, bowling. I don't care. Whatever you want to follow, go follow it. And the next time we have an off weekend, we'll dive into my story, which is far less exciting because my racing career is a lot less. I come from other sports, but those sports are all tied around racing. Yeah. Um, so tonight, I want to thank Derek for your candidness. I want to thank you all for joining us. Um, we're sorry we're two days late, and uh, but guess what? Life happens, and we appreciate that everybody understands that life happens. And we will see you next Monday for a recap of as Arizona. Uh, yeah, Glendale. Glendale, and any other racing that may have happened in that weekend. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you. If you need us, check us on Facebook, uh, Beyond the Curve MX Facebook, podcast. MX Podcast on Podbeam, Beyond the Curve MX Podcast on Facebook. We're here. Reach out to our each of us personal, Derek Schaefer, Trey Heath. You can find us both personally. We will answer your comments. If you hate us, tell us why. We'd love to change. If you don't like my shorts, tell me. I'll wear something different. <laughs> uh, if you don't like Derek's shirt, guess what? It's okay. But thank you all very much. Derek, any last comments? No. I just uh, thank everybody for coming and uh, listening to my riding story anyway. And um, we hope you guys keep tuning in. I like it. Derek, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to finish up. We're going to shut this down. And you and I are going to sit and have a cold beer. Fuzzy, we love you. <laughs> have a good night. Good night. <laughs>